is going to lead us. thank you, Father, for sending your Son into this world. Lord, we look around, <clears throat> we look around even today and realize what a dark place this is. And going back in time, it was even, it was even worse. But your word tells us that at the perfect time, it says God sent his Son, born of a virgin, God and man, 100%. In order to save us from this world, in order to save us from our sins, 
And Lord God, we thank you for providing a way. Lord, that, to think that all of us know that. We know that the only way to heaven is not by works. It's not by the things that we do. It's not by keeping various commands. It's simply by knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. By, by, by acknowledging that, Lord Jesus, you came into this world to live for men and to die for men. And the power of God raised you from the dead. And you live forever. You're at the right hand of the Father. And someday we can be with you. All we have to do is accept that, confess it with our lips, believe it in our hearts, and we will be saved. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, help us never to take it for granted. We ask this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And the truth is, folks, you know, we do. We do many times, I think, take it for granted. But God has so blessed us. Amen. Thank you, Heather. And thanks again for last week's program. That was, again, just a fantastic time. I love seeing the kids. Uh, I was telling her afterwards, in the old days, sometimes they'd have to wear certain color slacks and certain color, you know, tops. And, and this time, they just had those yellow t-shirts, and it looked so cool. It really did look so cool. So, anyways, um, Chuck Parsons, is Chuck here? He wanted uh, the microphone this evening. Chuck's pretty funny, right? No? <laughs> Maybe I should have Nikki come up and give a comment. Hey, you should never make fun of somebody with a microphone. Ask the comedian, he'll tell you that. Hey, so um, if we could have the pastoral, or actually the entire church staff come up for a moment, we just want to uh, wish you guys a very Merry Christmas as well. So Mike Petrucci, I saw... Pastor Hans, Pastor Brandon, I haven't seen Mike File, Lucy Hale, and I think Lisa Fryer, bookkeeper, I haven't seen her yet. I don't think. <clears throat> oh, there's Lucy. <laughs> you know, pray for me during the year. Pray for me during the year. So, Amen. So, if it was Pastor Appreciation, I would, you know, eulogize you guys. But it's just Christmas, so we're not gonna we're not gonna go deep here. But let me hand these out first. You know. Thank you. You're welcome, Pastor Hans. Mr. Brandon, I'll have my readers on that. Thank you. Thank you. Lucy. <laughs> I told him I didn't have my readers on. Hope I gave you the right one. And one of our uh, staff members said, give me Pastor Petrucci's. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, on behalf of your church family, guys, Merry Christmas. We love you and appreciate you and uh, enjoy. Thank you, Chuck. I hope you are ready to have some fun. We are in for a real treat tonight. Our guest, started his comedy career in Philadelphia back in the 70s and went on to Hollywood. Since then, he has appeared on numerous television and radio programs. He has also performed in 38 states, four countries, and several cruise lines. Our speaker has a rather unique home. Gordon has one wife, a rarity for someone from Hollywood. They have five children of their own. He is a proud pop-pop of some amazing grandchildren. Plus, they have opened their home to eight other boys, several missionaries, a young couple with a baby. Also living with them are his in-laws and some outlaws. Yes, 
Two people under house arrest also lived with them. In fact, in July of 2009, Gordon and his wife Dawn were named Parents of the Year for the state of Pennsylvania. Following in the footsteps of Bob Hope, Gordon has started Operation Belly Laughs, sending comedy tapes and DVDs to the men and women serving in the military. He has been the coordinator of the National Day of Prayer, has taken many mission trips, and is one of the most popular pro-life speakers in the country. Gordon's also a new author with his first book, Growth Spurts and Growing Pains, The Struggles of a Skinny Stud Muffin is Touching Many Hearts. If that isn't enough, he recently won a gold medal at the Senior Olympics. He now travels all over the world sharing his program of love and laughter. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the stage, Gordon Douglas! There we go. A great video, there we go. You know Satan's in technology, right? You know that. It's a, I don't know much about technology. The only thing I know about computers is why they call that thing a cursor. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but they just had a big study. University of Delaware, are computers more like men or women? Did you read that? University of Delaware said computers are more like women, right? They have a language nobody understands. <laughs> they store every mistake in their memory forever. <laughs> And once you buy one, you spend a fortune accessorizing it. But no, University of Penn said, no, computers are more like men. One, you have to turn them on before anything gets done. Right? They have a lot of data, but they can't think for themselves. And as soon as you commit to one, a better model comes along. <laughs> so welcome, welcome. Merry Christmas, everybody. This has been a great weekend. Uh, I got to do a, a show Thursday, and then uh, the, the folks at the Huckabee TV called and asked if I would come do my Christmas program. So I flew to Nashville uh, Friday, I taped the show. It was aired last night, and it's on tonight at 9 o'clock, and it's also on YouTube. Uh, so you can check that out if you're interested in that. It actually cost me two bookings because <laughs> people said, you're on Huckabee. We don't want you anymore. Welcome to America. Love Jesus. Hate me. That's okay. Um, so anyway, so what I've been, I have been traveling. I love what I do. I, I am living my dream. Uh, I, I, I also wrote a book that was in the introduction as well. I wrote a book called Growth Spurts and Growing Pains, The Struggles of a Skinny Stud Muffin. <laughs> it's a comedy biography, and in part, it's helping people find their dream and plan because God has a dream for you, amen? God has a plan. God has a plan. So it's good stuff. So I, I get to do the two things I love the most. One, I love to laugh. It's part of the first Christmas. I go to a lot of Baptist churches. I have to convince them it's okay to laugh. Right? What did the angels say to the shepherds keeping watch over their flock? Fear not. I bring you good tidings of Presbyterians. Are we Presbyterians here? That was like the quietest. I had Amish people yell louder than that. I bring you good tidings of not even close to charismatic. Come on. <laughs> but I won't, I won't press it. I won't press it. I'll just let you be comfortable. But it's important. I love to laugh. We need to have great joy. The fruit of the Spirit. Veggie tail. Fruit. Love. Number two is? Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, Lord. Right now. I need help. I need help. <laughs> and they need it more. Please. It's different. I, I was going to tell you about the toughest audience I had. <laughs> You might be in tomorrow's show. <laughs> I, 
I was just in New England. There's some stuffy people in New England. A lot of arms crossed, a lot of frowns. What are they miserable? They're so miserable in New England. You see things when you travel. I've been in 41 states and four countries the last five years. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm in the grand ballroom of the Holiday Inn. I did not expect to see this. Across the street is a NASCAR race. NASCAR in New England. I don't get it. I don't even get NASCAR. I've got ADD. What's the appeal? I don't get it. I don't even know what NASCAR stands for. I had to Google it. It's a non-athletic sport centered around rednecks. NASCAR. We did the show, they're proud, they're giving me a little tour. Great history in New England, great history in Boston. We're driving by the airport. They said, oh look, there's the Patriots airplane. Like I couldn't tell. Like the whole plane is covered in a logo. Patriots! Yeah, but I knew it was theirs, the tires were underinflated. <laughs> Three claps and four oohs, okay. Know your audience, that's good, that's good. I am traveling now, praise God, COVID seems, God's got his hand on that. My agent just called and said, Gordon, we got four bookings in Alaska. I said, that's great. I do a lot of fundraisers I call hilarity for charity. And, and, I, and I said, great, when am I going? She said, February. I said, will I be entertaining Eskimos? She said, oh, Gordon, we don't say Eskimo anymore. It's not politically correct. And I said, really, what do you call them? She said, frozen Americans. <laughs> It's, I don't know what it's going to be like in February, but last February, I was in Toronto, Canada, and it was cold. All right, people under 50 don't get that. Let's try it again. I was in Toronto, and it was cold. I saw a rap singer pulling up his pants. It was that, it was that cold. He had some chap cheeks. That's all I'm saying. It's a... I get to travel. I love to travel. I've been doing comedy since 1977. I got a picture out there in my book of my first show with Bill Haley and the Comets in 1977. Went out to Hollywood. I was on the Mike Douglas show. I was on the Carol Burnett show. I worked with Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld and some guy named Robin Williams. And uh, then I met this guy named Jesus and he changed everything. Changed my life, changed my act. <laughs> and uh, they don't like it when you talk about Jesus in comedy clubs. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to talk about. He changed my life. I want everyone to know how good this guy is. That's amazing stuff. So I left that world, but I, I've been doing comedy uh, for a long time. I, and uh, people ask, do I have a favorite audience? 3,000 shows in 40 years. Do I have a favorite audience? I don't have to think. Three words. Last year, 20,000 women at a Women of Faith conference. 20,000 women and me. <laughs> I felt like a piece of chocolate cake at a Weight Watchers convention. <laughs> <laughs> women laugh seven times more than men. Have you already heard it? You ever already heard it? All the men are like, is there cake here too? Is there cake? <laughs> and I wonder if the game is still on. Yeah, okay, no, okay. Men laugh, men laugh, it's a little harder. Right, sir? Is, is he awake? Could somebody nudge him. <laughs> I was at a wild game dinner in Pennsylvania. Anybody, do you have wild game dinners down here? Wild game dinners. They had 39 kinds of venison. They had squirrel pot pie. It was weird. It was, 
I drove, it was in, I live in Philly. It was in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania is a beautiful state. Been in 41 states. Pennsylvania's right up there. It's gorgeous. I love driving across our state, but you can't get good music anymore. You turn on the radio, Philly, it's all hip hop and rap, hip hop and rap. And then you get on the other side of Harrisburg, it's all country. Oh, do they love their country. But you get to Harrisburg's radio stations fade in and out. You know what I'm talking about? You get a mixture of country and rap. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> it's just... So I pull up to this Methodist church, 500 Ford trucks in the parking lot with gun racks in the back. I walk in, there's a guy with a t-shirt, says, vegetarian. <laughs> Turned around on the back and said, is the Indian word for bad hunter? <laughs> I, there was a stage, it was almost this big, and on the stage was a black bear. I didn't know there were black bears in Pennsylvania. And then there was a mountain lion. It never dawned on me, Penn State, Nittany Lions, there's mountain lions in Pennsylvania. And there was a beaver and a fox and a raccoon and some deer heads and a few birds. I said to the pastor, did you shoot all these? He said, no, my son is studying to be a veterinarian. To work his way through medical school, he works as a taxidermist. Well, I'm from the city. He collects taxes? No. <laughs> he stuffs animals. I couldn't resist. I said, when he graduates, put both on the sign, right? Dr. Jones, veterinary medicine or taxidermy. <laughs> <laughs> then at the bottom, either way you get your cat back. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see the faces when I tell that joke. 90% laughed, 10% went, oh. I don't do mean, nasty cat jokes. My daughters talked me into getting kittens about five years ago. Got a picture off the internet. Oh, daddy, look, daddy, look. These kittens are going to be destroyed tomorrow. Daddy, please, can we go rescue them? So we go up to the SPCA because I can't say no to my girls. Just can't. It's like impossible. And we go up and there's three little fur balls in a basket. I said to the director, what do you call them? And you know cat people. They are the sweetest, kindest, nice. I love cat people. I hate cats. But she said, oh, every kitten has its own personality. <laughs> she said, you just take them home. By the end of the week, you'll know just what to call them. <laughs> You're already ahead of me. <laughs> so we named one Thunder because he was the loudest. Then we named one Lightning because he was the fastest. And then we named one Liberace because he was the pianist. Only people over 60 get that joke. Only, oh my goodness. People say, people say, who writes your stuff? I just tell what goes on in our home. Hey, because yeah, my daughters invited friends over. They walked in, they saw the litter box and said the stupidest thing. Oh, did you get a cat? I was in the living room. I yelled, no, I'm just lazy. <laughs> 19 kids, two bathrooms, you do the math, right? Crazy stuff. So yeah, it's, it's been different. People ask, I get this all the time. What's the toughest audience you ever had? Don't have to think about that either. Last year, Shady Maple Restaurant. You guys know Shady Maple down here in Delaware? Yeah, just confessed us in a gluttony right there. That's, a, that's 900 feet of food right there. That is a lot of food. But I was up there for an Amish dairy conference. 600 Amish dairy farmers at a comedy show. Yeah, that's like Mike Tyson at a spelling bee. You know what I'm saying? 
That's a stereotype, and it is not true. Amish people laugh. We learned tonight they have cell phones. That's <laughs> crazy. What, what is that? But it's true. They introduced me as the father of 19 kids. One of the farmers yelled, rookie. <laughs> That's true. I am the chaplain of the CCA, the Christian Comedy Association. I oversee 400 bipolar, unemployed, depressed comedians. <laughs> Welcome to ministry. <laughs> it's like... So I tell all the young comedians, know your audience, know your audience. Different ages laugh at different things. Different parts of the country laugh at different, you got to learn. And I was not taking my own advice. I was telling car jokes <laughs> to the Amish. And now they're not laughing. I panic. Now I got to think, dairy farmers, dairy farmers, what do they laugh at? Well, cow jokes. Everybody knows one cow joke. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef, very good, thank you. Yeah. What do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef, okay. <laughs> what do you call a cow that just had a baby? Decaffeinated. I, mean, I got cow jokes, I've been doing comedy 40 years. I got, they laughed, they warmed up, we had a great time. They invited me to come back next year, which is great, but I didn't sell one DVD that night. <laughs> know your audience, know your audience. My favorite booking in the last five years is I got to go on a singles cruise. Everyone say, ooh. Yeah, it was not what I was expecting. Sir, what age, what age do you think is on a singles cruise? Give me a ballpark. 20s, 30s, 40s, what are you thinking? 20s? I, I was thinking the same thing. We would be wrong. I grew up with Love Boat, right? Remember Love Boat? Love Boat, everybody young and beautiful? No. The average age was 65. They were wrinkled before they got in a hot tub. That's what I'm saying. It was an old group. I'm on the phone with my agent. You want to go on a singles cruise? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. My wife heard. I said, what was that? I said, I'm, on a, I'm going to go on a singles cruise. My wife said, can I go? I said, I'm a little confused. You want to go on a singles cruise or you don't trust me on a singles cruise? She didn't even blink. She said, three days at sea? You could start to look good. <laughs> this is as good as I've been, by the way. This is as good as I've ever been. I'm at my peak right now. This week, I just had a meeting for my 50th high school reunion. Got to tell the young couples here, things change in 50 years, don't they, grandparents? Yeah, like the homecoming queen? <laughs> oh, time has not been kind. And I looked at all the girls who wouldn't date me in high school. I said, look what you gave up. <laughs> That's not the joke. I have gained 68 pounds since high school. 6'3 and 119 pounds when I graduated. That is skinny. Yeah, when your pajamas only have one stripe. That is good. How many people do you know have to keep wallets in both pockets just so people think you have a hiney? I mean, how... I'm, t I'm talking, if I was a centerfold, I'd get lost in the crease. I mean, come on, this, this is crazy. This is crazy stuff. I did, I, I, my, book, my book about, I, I can't see way back there. It was on the video that you couldn't see, but that's okay. I'm not bitter. But uh, the book is a picture of a skinny guy looking at a poster of a muscle man. And I thought that was really the story of my life. 
you know, I always wish I was somebody else. I wish I had their looks or his muscles or their brains. Or, and I, I, I struggle with that comparison thing. Even in the comedy world, there's a lot of, of that. And, and I, I struggled with depression in high school. And I was angry and I was bitter. My dad was in a wheelchair. Life wasn't going the way I thought. And I thought, if this is as good as life gets, I don't want to be here anymore. So I wrote a letter why I was going to end my life. And one person gave me hope. One person helped turn my life around. And now, once a week, I go and speak at public high schools, Catholic schools, Christian schools, where I can share with high school kids about love, sex, and dating, and the meaning of life, and talk about decision-making, whatever they will let me get in and share as much of my faith as I possibly can. It's amazing to, to see that. So, you know, my book has over 200 jokes in it. The first joke is by Phyllis Diller. Look, no, quiet, boy, that's quiet. Do you know Phyllis Diller was in a beauty pageant once? Yep. She got 600 get well cards and came in last. <laughs> but there's jokes because we need to laugh. For years I used comedy to hide my pain. Now I use comedy to share my joy. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful tool. So, yeah, so I did. I struggled in high school. I wasn't a good student. I got D's and F's, D's and F's. I tried to convince my parents it was a new grading system. <laughs> Man, doing fine, doing fine. <laughs> I had a perfect brother growing up. Anybody else? Perfect brother, for perfect sister, always compared to? Yeah. My brother, captain of the football team, lead in the school play, straight-A student, four-year scholarship to college, graduates and works in the White House as the president's deputy chief of staff. My mom's always bragging, my son works for the president. My son works in the White House. He said, Mom, I'm a Christian comedian. I work for the king of the universe. Boy, the Amish cheered for that. I work for the king of the universe. Come on, praise him. He's worthy, right? But my brother teases me. You don't know nothing about politics. I said, I do too. Politics comes from two Latin words. The word poly is a prefix, right? Poly means many and ticks, which are blood-sucking creatures. So I struggled in high school, and, and, and that's a whole different thing. Where was I? I was on a singles cruise, sir. I was on a singles cruise. I have ADD. Have you noticed? I've got ADD. I've never been diagnosed. I went online. I started to take a test. I quit. It was, it was way too long. Three questions. Oh, wow. What were they thinking? So I went on a singles cruise. I went, and I took my wife with me. Why? Because I've learned this in 43 years. When mama ain't happy... Right, do you know the second part of that? When Papa ain't happy, nobody cares. <laughs> so we do a couple shows on the cruise from Miami to Key West to Cozumel, Mexico. We get off on the free day, which is a lie. There ain't nothing free. Everything that looks like fun costs extra. When you got 19 kids, there ain't no extra. So what did my wife and I do? We sat on the beach. We looked at the ocean, the water, W-O-O-D-E-R, the water is turquoise. I grew up in South Philly. I go to South Jersey. It ain't turquoise. It's kind of a duct tape gray with a touch of mucus. It's just, it's nasty. It's nasty. I don't know what color it is, but I haven't seen my toes since 1957. I'm telling you you can't see the floor. I want to see the bottom. But my wife and I sit there and we're looking at that ocean, just going to enjoy a quiet day. No kids. Little, oh, it was, and then three of the younger girls on the cruise, and there were some college girls, came and wanted to sit next to the celebrity. Me, celebrity. Put their chairs right next to my wife and I. No personal space. 
take off their jackets? Have you seen the bathing suits girls are wearing today? I've seen more material in an eye patch. <laughs> but I want to honor God. I want to honor my wife. So I look at the ocean, look at my wife. Look at the ocean, look at my wife. Girls right next to me putting sunblock on. I, well, that's good. Your body's a temple. Take care of it. But I look at the ocean, look at my wife. But out the corner of my eye, I, saw, I had to see what it was. I took a look. She's got a black ring around her belly button. As she rubbed in that, that sunblock stuff, I, it was a tattoo of a snowflake. I elbowed my wife, look, 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 look. <laughs> 10 years and three kids, <laughs> that's going to be a spider web. <laughs> <laughs> when I speak in public schools, we talk about love, sex, and dating. I ask kids who invented sex. <gasps> oh, it gets quiet. I said, it is not somebody named Victoria who can't keep a secret. <laughs> we talk about rules and role playing and guidelines and boundaries because we need to keep kids safe. We need to show them and remind them God invented it. It's good. It's wonderful. But there's guidelines to keep us safe and make his gift better. Amen. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> so that's silence. I'm not used to silence. I mean, I, okay. So. So I, I, that's what I do. That's what I do. And we're, we're on the beach, and I, I tell kids all the time, especially about all the piercings and tattoos, you know, just, just think before you ink. Think before you ink, right? Think before you ink. They start chanting. What am I saying? I'm saying this. I'm teaching those young people. There's decisions you make today that have consequences later. Amen? What am I saying? I'm saying this. That butterfly on your back today is the buzzard in your butt tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Think before you ink, right? Think. Well, well I've mentioned, mentioned my family a few times. Let me tell you about my family. I'm married 44 years this year, 44 years. My wife says living with me is like being on a vacation. And, uh, well, her actual words was I was her last resort. <laughs> but we got married and we were told we could not have kids. Physically impossible, it could not happen. And I was the angry, hurting kid that God brought love and joy and peace into my life. I put my faith in him. My sins were washed away. My name was written in the book. I got love and joy replacing the hurt and the anger. And God doesn't waste your pain. He'll never make a bad thing good, but he can make something good come out of a bad thing. And he gave me not only a clean heart, he gave me a heart for hurting kids. And I started doing shows for high school kids when I left Hollywood. And I started sharing my testimony of how God had changed my life. And I spoke at every youth group and camp in the five-state area for the next five years. Just anywhere I could tell anybody about what, what Jesus was doing. And my wife and I, we used to make up three-by-five cards with my name, my phone number, and a quarter. A quarter scotch tape. Why a quarter, young man? He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Because back in the day, we didn't do this, did we? We didn't do this. No, you wanted to talk, you put money in. And you had to work. <laughs> work. And you couldn't walk anywhere and talk, could you? No, you got three feet. Poof, that was it, three feet. Rich people had the six-foot cord. You could make it to the sink and the living but I told every kid over the next five years, thousands of kids, if you need a friend, if you want to talk, if you just want to pray, call me because I came this close to ending my life. And if you need a friend, I will be there for you. I don't care what you're going through, what you're doing. Uh, you know how important that message of hope is? About five, I, told, I said it was five, my wife said it was 10. So she's right, my wife's always right, I've learned that. 
but we're walking down the boardwalk, Ocean City, New Jersey, Ocean City, New Jersey. It's where we take all of our kids. We have the church bus, you know, 13 to 15 kids almost all the time. And, and uh, so we get off. They're older now. So it's like, all right, you guys go do what you want to do. Just be back here. Wonderland Pier, 6th Street, right here at 7 o'clock. And they go and do their thing. My wife and I start walking down the boardwalk, just enjoying. Oh, I just love, I love the beach. And this young woman, about 40 years old, yells, hey, you're that funny preacher guy, right? I love that. I like being recognized. Did I mention I was on Huckabee yesterday? Did I mention it? <laughs> it's on YouTube already, Huckabee with Gordon Douglas. But I said, I sure am. And she said, did you speak at Camp Halawasa in 1984? I said, I sure did. Camp Halawasa, Camp Talhai, Camp Honeybrook. You can name a camp. I was there. And she said, look at this. She opened her purse and pulled out the card with the quarter on it. She said, I have never forgotten that there's somebody out there that I could call if I was in trouble. She said, I've never, I've, I've kept this with me. All, can you imagine? Because a 14 year old boy did call me that year. And, and we were married two years and, and uh, he was in trouble. I won't tell you his story, you'd be crying the rest of the night, but he was going through some really tough stuff. And he moved in with us and we got him into school. We got legal custody. And he said, I got another friend. He's going through a tough time. Could he move in too? It's like, sure. And number two moved in. In fact, he's here with me. He's still been with us since 1985. There's Mark. There's Mark. There you go. And then number three moved in. And, and the next year, you know, we had six. And a few years later, we were up to nine. And then it got to 12. And then my father-in-law during this 10 years moved in with us, Charlie. Charlie had a... Uh, stroke and he couldn't care for himself. And uh, normally there would be a picture up there, but that's okay. But yeah, Charlie, Charlie brought his son, Chucky, who has Down syndrome. So we had a father-in-law with a stroke and a brother-in-law with Downs and three boys with all kinds of alcohol and abuse issues. And, and then I, I was helping, I was a youth pastor at a, at a church and they, I answered the phone one day and they said, hey, this is the local prison. We're overcrowded. Is there anybody in your church would watch prisoners? So we took in two people under house arrest and our home just grew and grew until we had 13 people living with us. And then God showed he had a sense of humor and blessed us with five miracle babies. Four before the doctors told me what was causing it. <laughs> but we have fun at our house. We have fun. Anytime someone visits our house, we line up all our kids in the living room and we play a game. It's called, guess which ones are the convicts? <laughs> And you know what's interesting? You cover up the ankle bracelet. People can't tell. <laughs> so that's a little bit. That's a little bit about my family. In fact, you know, did I mention I was on Huckabee? I was on, and, and my, bro my brother, the politician, called up and said, hey, you're going to be on Huckabee. That's a national show. You tell people you have 19 kids, you better be accurate. Because they love to challenge. They'll, they'll come. And if, if there's a hole in your testimony, they're going to find it. So I said, well, we better be careful. So my wife and I made a list and we were wrong. There's 24. I just don't like five of them. <laughs> but we made a list and you know what I found? I found eight who were sulking, seven unemployed, six troubled boys, five birth children, <laughs> four drug addicts, three relatives, two prisoners, and a burnt out missionary. <laughs> That's new. That's new. Just for you. That's new. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, we actually were up to, to 24 people. Not all of them were children. Uh, but uh, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing adventure. And uh, some, somehow, some way, uh, 
we've been blessed to be named parents of the year for the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, not the best parents. We are not the best parents, nor are we perfect parents, but we represent parents. We're a broken, blended, dysfunctional family. And any problem your kids have, my kids have them too. And not just the kids we took off the street. My birth kids are little sinners too. What a shock that was. Something I helped create would deny my existence. Defy my authority. Crazy. It's crazy. So I talk about parenting now. I get invited to talk to parenting groups because of the award. And, and I, you know, parenting has changed. I'm at the ACME. Do you have ACMEs down here? In Philly, it's A-C-A-M-E-Y. Right? ACME. It's an ACME. It's four letters, three syllables. ACME. But I hear this kid, three years old, screaming. I want it. I want it. I want it. Ah! And the mom's like, use your words. Use your words. I'm down by the string beans. I got some words. <laughs> she says to the kid, I'm going to count to 10. I'm going to count to 10. One, 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 one. I walked around the aisle and yelled over top, nine, nine. What happens when she gets to 10? The kid gets what? <gasps> a timeout. A timeout. Did you ever get a timeout? No. My dad, it was a knockout. There was no timeout. Timeout was how long you were unconscious. That's what a timeout was. My dad not only hit, he hit for distance. Neighbors would comment one day, hey, that was a good hit right there. Did you see that? I think he got air. Look at that. Crazy. Don't email me about violence. I'm just saying when there's a line, when they cross the line, there's a consequence, not a negotiation. Oh, listen. You hear that? That's my alarm. Don't you wish every pastor did that? <laughs> oh, I was down Texas. I, I get to preach most Sundays. And I love, I love to preach. I love that even more than comedy. And I, I was up there. I did an hour. I did an hour message. Comedy, testimony, preaching God's word. I got done and the old southern pastor got up there and said, that all you got? Is that all, is that all you got? And he got up and started preaching for another hour. His best friend started to walk out of the church. He said, Billy Bob, where are you going? Billy Bob said, I'm going to go get me a haircut. He said, why didn't you do that before you came? He said, I didn't need one. <laughs> now, you guys good? You guys good? That's, early. That's like my 15-minute warning. Or was it 30? I think it was 30. It was a 30-minute warning. No, we're doing great. We're doing great. So, uh, so, yeah, I don't have time to tell you about all my kids, but 24 kids, one of each. Well, they are all fearfully and wonderfully made, but they're different, aren't they? Even when you have twins, they're different. I have a loud one and a quiet one and a neat one and a sloppy one and a musical one and one that can't sing and two athletic ones and three complete klutzes. I got two people out of jail. I got three that belong in jail. <laughs> but helping them find their gifts, their passion, find out how God wired them, help them grow in their giftedness is the joy of parenting and pastoring. I love to see people get set free. I love to see people walking in victory. I love to see people who are excited about life and watching God work in them. I, I just, I never get over it. So I don't have time to tell you about all my kids, but, but my funny, oh my goodness, my, my, I got my funniest kid. I got to tell you, my, my, my daughter, 14. After, after raising 14 boys, God gave me three birth daughters. Totally different. Raising girls is different. But my, but, but my daughter at 14, she lost her voice. She lost her ability to speak without her head and her hip. Every conversation begins, Daddy, what 
is that? It's like an exclamation point for, Daddy, we got to go to the library. Library? I got a book report. You're homeschooled. I mean, it you know, it's COVID. We're shut down. I got to do it. So we take her to the library. She says, Daddy, you got to get a book too. Why do I have to get a book? I'm not in school. You said nobody could watch TV till we all did our reading. What goes for one goes for? Did I mention I was parent of the year? <laughs> stupid rule. It's a stupid rule. But if you say it, you got to keep with it. If you want your kids to believe your word, you draw the line, you stick with it. So I said, honey, I'll do it. You go get a book on your list, I'll get a book too. And off she went. I start looking up and down the library for the thinnest book I could find, right? And I found it. It's the Book of Morals by Miley Cyrus. It's a... I use that joke in school so I can talk about morals. What are morals? Are there rights and wrongs? Are there boundaries? Is there a limit to how much skin we show or words that we say? Where do you go? What do you do? Who are you with? There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that talks about the do's and don'ts, but there's a lot of do's. Doing the right things. There's guidelines and blessings. Doing the right thing. Read the book of Proverbs, men. How many times does a father plead with a son, learn this, gain this, pursue this, whatever it takes, whatever it costs. Don't miss out on this truth. Why? Because I said so. Does that say that in the Bible? No, it's because I love you. Because I want things to go well with you. Because I want your life to prosper and succeed. I want you to avoid calamity. Learn the reason for the rule. But learn the rules because there's consequences and there's blessings in obedience. And it's good. It's good. Old-time comedian way back when used to say, you know, the Bible's got a lot of do's and don'ts. If you spend all your time doing the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts. Hey, that's a pretty good verse right there. Spend your time doing it. But, you know, part of me, that's that Romans 7 thing. Uh, I, I want to do the right things, but I don't. And I don't want to do the bad things, but I end up doing it. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of sin and death? It's a good question. Read Romans 8. It's a great chapter. You know Romans 8, right? Something about being more than a conqueror. It kind of ends with that and being under. No, that's good stuff. Anyway, I'm preaching now. I'm preaching. Did I mention I was a pastor too? I don't normally mention I'm a pastor when I do comedy. Because you mention it, you know Jay Leno or Jerry Seinfeld. People go, yay, Carol Burnett, Dick Van Dyke. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I'm a pastor. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Crazy how people respond. But that's what I did on Huckabee last night. They wanted me to be a pastor. And I think about my first pastor days. My first three weeks as a pastor, I was so excited, I forgot to take the offering. You want to upset a deacon board? <laughs> three weeks, I forgot to take the offering. I'm up there getting ready for the closing prayer. They're in the back waving the offering plates. And I thought, what kind of charismatic church is this? <laughs> they got silent tambourines. <laughs> it's for all us Baptists. We want to praise God, but we're afraid. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And, and oh, my church was an old church. It was an old church. How old are you, sir? May I ask? 59? In five years, you could be in my youth group. <laughs> it was an old church. The head of our deacon board, his social security number was six. <laughs> it was an old church. So I did a lot of funerals. The funniest thing that ever happened to me was at my first funeral. I wanted it to be perfect. I wrote out my scriptures. I wrote out my prayers on three by five cards, put them in my Bible because I wanted everything worded perfect. 
showed up at the graveside. Everyone gathered. I said, would you bow your heads for a word of prayer? Everyone closed their eyes and bowed their heads. I opened my Bible to read the prayer and all my notes fell out into the grave. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I laugh a lot. I laugh at myself and I have a weird laugh. <laughs> I don't even make noise. <laughs> And I'm trying, I'm laughing because I can see my nose. And it's like, but I make these weird noises. And one of those ants, she said, oh, he loves her so much. <laughs> you know those ants that shave off their eyebrows and draw them back on? <laughs> Has that permanent look of surprise. <laughs> I think, oh, she thinks I'm crying. I don't know what to do. I get through this prayer and I, all my sermons down there. So my Bible was open. I thought I'd read in the beginning. God made the heavens and the earth. Well, it didn't fit. So I've turned a few pages and they be God and they be God. And along came Martha. And now she's dead. No, it's a, there's a whole lot. There's a 12 minute story that goes with that. But I shared a little of that last night. But yeah, I'm in a church plant right outside Philadelphia. We're in an area that's very hard hit by crime and drugs and murder. I think we are one of the top two cities in murder. Uh, we may have lost that title last year to Camden, New Jersey, but it, we, we have it a lot. It's a tough area. Everyone says, why don't you move your church out? Because they need Jesus there. That's why. But it's a small church and we struggle with certain areas. But because of God's grace, I get to travel a lot, about 30 weeks a year, get to preach in churches all over the country. I was at a big church. My favorite thing is to do comedy on a Saturday, stay over and preach on Sunday. I love that. Did that at First Baptist Orlando. That's a big church. 6,000 people. Three bathrooms. Yeah. First, second, third John. No, they name, they name their bathrooms after the fruit of the spirit. Excuse me, not their bathrooms, excuse me, the parking lots. <laughs> I was in an accident. Did I mention I was in an accident? <laughs> they have seven parking lots. They name them after the fruit of the spirit so you can remember where you parked. If you want love, joy, or peace, you got to show up early. You come late, you're in long suffering. <laughs> Yeah, I did that joke last night on the Huckabee thing because I wanted to introduce the fact I did some comedy, I did some jokes, and then I wanted to swing over to the fact that I do pastor a church because they wanted me to share the Christmas story. And I can think back to my first church in Christmas Eve. That's a big event for pastors, Christmas and Easter. You see a lot of folks you may not see the rest of the year. You get that one time where you can present the message of God's love and grace, the hope of heaven, the blood. I wanted, I, I wanted to take advantage of that. But I've been a bivocational pastor my whole life. I have a little construction company and a wood shop, and I build furniture for people in wheelchairs because my dad was in a wheelchair most of my life. And it's just, uh, it's a small business, but it keeps me busy. And I work a lot at a school for kids with cerebral palsy and I've been 30 years fixing things for them and helping out. So it's Christmas Eve and I got to work till four o'clock and I'm fixing stuff and, and I don't have my message ready for Christmas Eve. I don't have it ready. I've been busy. Got a lot of kids, got a lot of stuff. And, and I think, oh my goodness, I'm driving home and I hear this beautiful poem on the radio. And, it, it, and I thought, wow, that would be perfect for tonight. So I go home and I call because we didn't have cell phones then. I call up the radio station. I just heard this poem. Can I get a copy of that? And they said, no. Christians that don't share. <laughs> they told me it was copyrighted, which I thought meant you had the right to copy. But no. 
So now I'm mad. I wasn't as mature and Holy Spirit filled as I am now. So I'm like, stupid Christian, stupid things, stupid church. I, uh, my wife walks in, you know, she works as an accountant and she's raising all these kids and she's got to cook the meals and get all the kids ready for church. And I had to get one message ready. And she said, what's wrong? Ah, they won't let me use this palm. I don't have my message. And my wife is usually loving and kind. She's an accountant. She's quiet and sweet. She said, stop complaining and go write your own. Huh. My love support. I have a whole thing on love, sex, and dating. I have a whole program called Things I Wish I Knew Before I Said I Do. Think about that around Valentine's Day. I got a whole one-hour program of comedy and teaching on, on marriage. But in this case, in this case, I, she, she was right. And I know she's got all this stuff to do. So I said, all right, I will show you. So I went into my office and just prayed, Lord, I need help. And when I think about Christmas, you can't get out the worldly message sometimes about silver bells and snowflakes and a bowl full of jelly. What in the world? What, where is that in the Bible? I don't know. So I, I just started reading the Christmas story again and again, and I start writing notes. And honestly, in my whole ministry, I, I don't know of any other time where I knew the Spirit of God was so present and came on me and gave me a poem about Christmas. It's truly the best thing that I ever did because I know I didn't do it. Now, last night when I was on Huckabee, did I mention? <laughs> I had an orchestra behind me playing beautiful Christmas songs. I would have you hum, but I've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> Away in a manger, silent night. Get your mind focused off this guy in a red suit. Get you, and think, think about this. In fact, I'm not just going to think about it. I'm going to do this. Hydrate. Because I, I was in an accident. Oh, goodness. It's like, it's like super glued. Wow, look at that. <laughs> My church, they give you those little teeny bottles. Yes, they want the sermon over easier. It's like, <laughs> I chugged that. I could be here or not. Well, I couldn't. If I chugged that, I'd be in the bathroom. I'm at that, <laughs> I'm at that age where you just mentioned the word water. I got to go. <laughs> That's not a good lead into a holy story. Stop distracting me. <laughs> Is anybody humming yet? Oh, holy night. Silent night. My daughter. Oh, my funniest kid. My funniest kid. It's Kristen. She's five foot 11, long red hair all the way down here, just like her mama, beautiful dark red hair. And she's funny. My baby is Deborah Joy. Joy is five foot two. Birth daughters, short blonde hair. You'd never know. You'd never know they were sisters. But on the phone, they sound identical. My wife calls home from work the other day. My daughter answers, hello. My wife said, hi, is this, is this Kristen or Joy? My daughter said, it's Kristen. Is this mom or dad? <laughs> she's quick. She's funny. And she's a flute player. She's a flautist. 12 years of private lessons. And her senior year of college, she changed her major. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. Did I mention I'm parent of the year? Help your kids find their gifting. It's good if they know what they want to do before you get in there. But that's different. But she often has traveled with me and played behind me. And uh, I got a whole great story. You have to wait on that for Kristen. But with that in mind, really, truly, let's think about what it is that brings joy. It's more than just a tie or just some happy thoughts. But the real source of joy comes through the spirit of joy and the message of joy that those angels came. So this is what the Holy Spirit gave me. 
<clears throat> you see, it was the night before Christmas and throughout Galilee. All the people were traveling because Caesar made a decree. And to Bethlehem they went. It was no easy ride for Joseph and Mary, his pregnant young bride. They were tired and weary. It was such a long trip. And when they got there, the hotels, they were booked up. But then they got a tip. A stable? For my wife, Joseph said with a frown. But my Mary, she's in labor. She's got to lie down. So it was out with the cattle, the sheep, and the straw that the birth of our Savior came. The King, Lord of all. Oh, shepherds were gathered on the side of a hill. Sheep nestled together, so run of the mill. But then the glory of God and his angels appeared. The shepherds were speechless. They trembled and feared. All glory to God and peace on the earth came a message of joy announcing Christ's birth. So off to the stables, their courses they flew to find a Messiah in a manger with swaddling clothes too. Now, over in Persia, there rose such a clatter that the Magi were summoned to see what was the matter and what to their studious eyes should appear but, but a new star in heaven so bright and so clear. Over mountains, through deserts, no armies or beasts could hinder the journey of those kings of the east. They stopped in at Herod's. They shared the good news. We've just seen the star of the king of the Jews. Well, Satan heard too. And he went right to work. He called a big meeting, then turned with a jerk. And the demons then plotted a sinister plan. We'll kill all the babies. We'll use Herod, our man. But while Joseph was sleeping, that long winter snooze, an angel came, said, get up. There's no time to lose. And they got up at once and to Egypt they fled, where they waited and waited till Herod was dead. Well, Jesus grew up. He was a godly young man, and now he was ready to fulfill God's plan. The gospel, God's kingdom, is what Jesus taught, and many a miracle from his hands were wrought. But then came a strange day. It was at the Passover feast. Satan used a disciple to betray him, that devious beast. Jesus was broken and beaten. There was sorrow, such grief. And those thorns, they encircled Christ's head like a wreath. And Mary's precious young baby, the fruit of her womb, lay lifeless and still in a cold borrowed tomb. But after three days, <laughs> he arose in a flash. He loosed all the captives and tore open the temple sash. And then he proclaimed as he rose out of sight, go tell all the nations, there's forgiveness tonight. Oh, and love one another till I come again. You better be ready. You won't know just when. Friends, there's no need for the guilt or the strife. The Messiah has come offering eternal life. The Bible is true. He'll return with a shout. So if you don't know him yet, do that so you won't be left out. When he opens his book, will he find your name? Or will you stand condemned with your head hung in shame? These days before Christmas, those angels still sing each time that a person makes Jesus their king. He reigns up in heaven on his throne up above, and he still offers to each of us the gift of his love. 
forgiveness and heaven. <laughs> that is hard to conceive, but that's what God promises if you'll just believe. So if you haven't, oh, please, friends, let's talk. Put your faith in him. He will make your life right. It's the reason for this season. God bless you and good night. But anyways, thank you, Gordon Douglas, for coming. Would you tell him thanks again? That was incredible. That was a lot of fun. And, and thank you, Gordon. A lot of good material I'm going to use in about four years. These people don't. I can do the same sermon every year. They don't even remember. So I'm going to use a lot of that material. That's really good stuff. Um, anyways, hey, listen, now it's uh, time to leave and time to clean up. And um, as you pretty much know, we have, I think there's just one item on each table that we don't, go in, we don't want going in the trash. And that's that candle that's flickering in front of you. So I'm just going to ask if, if when, we, when we stand in a moment, if you take, somebody grab that candle, just put it over here on this table, keep it safe. The rest of the stuff, we really, we've done it before, just roll up the whole table and throw it into the trash can, bring the trash can a little closer. I want to say this too, the glasses, how many took some home last year? I, I'm telling you, we still have ours. If you didn't get a complete set, this is your year. <laughs> so really, if you want them, take them. They're, they're really great juice glasses. Um, and they're, hey, listen, that, was, that dessert was imported from Italy. That is from Italy. So those are expensive Italian glasses that you'll be serving your guests in your home. If you don't want to leave it on the table, it'll all get wrapped up. And then also, I know some of you have still have beverages. If you're not going to finish them, we're going to have a, a couple uh, buckets, five-gallon buckets. If you just put them in there instead of rolling it up and making a mess all over the carpet, we'd appreciate it. So listen, let's stand together. We'll close in prayer. And then please help us get things back to normal for next Sunday. And uh, I want to say something, too. As Gordon said, he, he's uh, pastoring a church in a really rough community, and he didn't name it, and I want you to know it's in Chester, Pennsylvania. That is a tough town, city. So keep him in prayer. And again, he'll, he'll be milling around, so if you're not busy helping us clean up, feel free to chat with him. Um, just, just what an incredible night. Just really appreciate you coming, Gordon. Thank you so much. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening and for all that we've received. We just give you thanks. God, we just give you thanks. We love you and we praise you. And I pray your blessing in each one of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.